All right. Thanks for being here for at church today. The gospel for today, the good news of Jesus, according to St. Mark chapter six, verses 14 and following. As Jesus and his disciples begin to attract attention, St. Mark in the story recalls John the Baptist and his martyrdom. Like John, Jesus and his disciples will also suffer at the hands of those who are opposed to God's gospel of salvation. St. Mark writes, King Herod heard of the disciples preaching for Jesus' name had become known. Some of them were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason, these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and Herod protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet Herod liked to listen to John speak. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the little girl, ask of me forever, whatever it is you wish, and I will give it to you. And he solemnly swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, the head of John the baptizer. Immediately, she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved. Yet out of regard for his oaths and for his guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately, the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. Now when his disciples heard about it, that is, the followers of John, they came, took his body, and laid it in a tomb. This is the good news of Jesus. Thanks be to God. Father in heaven, again today, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found to be in accord with your way of life. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Anybody over here? I heard a lot of good morning. I heard, I need another hour and a half. Because <laughs> I've been on both sides of the thing. It's all good. Good morning. We're glad you're here for church today in person or uh, joining us via the telecast and all that. And again, I like Pastor Mike apologize for this profile that you have to experience. (laughs) Working on it and have been for decades. But anyway. (laughs) In the gospel story today, as St. Mark writes, and as we hear and as we read what he has to say for us, we want to make sure that we know the context of what happens to John, because that context is important. 
Before what we heard and read today in the story of Jesus' life, there are words that are connected to what Jesus was saying and what he was doing. And some of those words include things like astounding, words of wisdom, deeds of power, all of those kinds of words that describe what Jesus had been up to and what he had been saying. He had cast out many demons. He had anointed those who were sick and he was collecting people after person, crowd after crowd to listen to what he had to say. He's very popular. And also, Jesus was popular with one King Herod, who was mentioned in the reading. Now, this is Herod Agrippa, which means he is the son of Herod the Great, the son of the king, the big ruler a generation ago, who, in rage and hearing about a possible new leader of the Jewish people, sent his soldiers to kill the little ones in hopes of killing even the infant Jesus. So it is this son of this great ruler that we hear about today. In the beginning of the gospel in verse 14 there, we're brought up to speed on what has happened all the while back. King Herod has heard Jesus' words and his deeds. And Mark writes what we hear today is a kind of way to tell us, oh, by the way, this all happened before I wrote about what you just read. So it's like a cartoon bubble in the story of Jesus that only we are able in some ways to hear. And quite frankly, it's hard to read or hear any sort of good news in this whole thing. We hear about Herod and his wife and his daughter and his party and a small circle of influential men in his presence. And it has all the intrigue of a culture and a politics that is way above our pay grade. It is reflective of a world, our John's experience and Herod's actions. It's reflective of a world that many of us know, maybe not firsthand, but we hear about it all the time. High stakes, political power kept at any cost. And in that cold, ice cold kind of worldview, John had it coming, some would say, because he verbally and publicly called out Herod and his wife and his family for what Herod had done and done badly and done wrong. Hi, good morning. King Herod had been called out by John. And for John's trouble, John's life was taken. It is in some ways to understand, maybe using our minds, our mind's imagination, consider a little mouse screaming out against the injustice the lion, a lion is committing. And then all of a sudden, the lion with one fell stomp of a paw squishes the mouse. Might makes, if not right in this instant, at least it makes for the continued life of a royal, powerful, non-merciful kind of person in charge. It also talks a little bit about the story of John and his untimely death. It also reveals much about the world that we know of, the world in which we live. All kinds of times that we hear and are perplexed about death, brought to those who are innocent. The righteous who suffer at the hands of those who have power or who at least have taken power and will not relinquish it. It is, as the saying goes from long ago, as the king says, so let the deed be done, no questions asked. 
If we read in here the story here of John the Baptist as only a single event, and if we try to look for any sort of good news, we are, I am afraid, doomed to find any at the outset. If we read it just as the story as it is, just another story in a long line, a long queue of stories about pride going before the fall or the powerful always getting their way no matter what. If we read that story in that way, then we will leave here and think, ugh, was that really worth it to go through all of that? Trust me, I'd know that. And that was my experience with much of this reading for the week. But if we read a little closer and more carefully, we should, I think, remember that this happened to someone. It happened to John. And it's been happening to people all over the place for more years than we have fingers and toes to count. The powerful squashing out the non-powerful. The prophets speaking up and rising up to speak truth to power, however that is defined in the culture in which it's found. And for their trouble, they get nothing and their life is taken. So on hearings of John's death, where do we find anything of worth? Where is God in this story? Up until now, I have to admit, I was struggling to find it myself as I prepared my sermon. And then I read the last verse. And over time, it got me thinking that maybe that's where God shows up. That's where God is present in the story. And quite frankly, is a way that God can be present in your story too. Think of it this way. In an act of violent retribution that we all know and see too often in our world, kind of like scenes of lions squishing mice underneath their paws, John's disciples, who themselves were following God, the same God that Jesus was leading people to, John's disciples did something holy. They did something that God would want them to do. They honored God and their teacher. They acted mercifully. Here again, the last verse of our reading today. On hearing of John's death, John's followers came and took John's body and they laid it in a tomb. They acted mercifully. They did what Herod could not or would not do to John. They saw the bigger picture of God's life in the world, and they decided to act mercifully and not out of judgment and anger. They buried their body of John, who was their teacher and their leader. They actually, if we look closely and read, are doing the same thing that Jesus' followers will do for him at his time of death and in his burial. One of the cool parts about the whole story here is that the great power and the quiet thunder of their action and the disciples' mercy toward John is a story that has been shared by many people in many cultures and many languages. We don't know their names. We don't know what they look like. We don't know what kind of clothes they wore. We don't know what they ate. We don't really know anything about their families. They don't know about who they invited to their parties. They didn't know about any power that they may have had in the world. Even all of those things that are listed as things Herod had. But what we do know, what we do see, is that God's people acted mercifully. 
And that, I think, is where God is in the story. And that, I think, also, is where God shows up for you and for me. As much as the story reveals the power of the human heart to be self-centered and make decisions to protect one's pride and all of that, it is also a story for each and every single one of us to see and to hear the mercy that we receive, not only from God, but from one another. It reminds us of the good news of Jesus and the mercy that is shown in God's name to the people that need it the most. The cool thing, I think, as we finish our sermon time today, ooh, there's a little bit of energy out there for that. As we read the story of John and his untimely death at the hands of, quite frankly, a small-minded tyrant, one who had so much power he didn't know what to do with it. In the story of John the Baptist today, let's remember that his story is part of Jesus' story. And that your story is part of Jesus' story too. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're all going to suffer the same fate as John the Baptist in the way he died. But what I can promise you today as a person in church, as a person who's part of a Christian community, I can promise you this through the word today. That you also, like John, have people of mercy and love in your world who may not have all the power and the prestige, but people who know the acts of love and mercy that God asks for from his people. Now, you may be wondering, where on earth am I going to find that, O pastor? And your task to find that is to simply look to the people you're sitting next to, your community, the people here worshiping with you today. They are the ones for whom, through whom you can receive love and mercy, even when the rest of the world is not interested in giving you the time of the day or better. And that's the responsibility that we all have for each other, to be loving and merciful, just as the disciples of John gave him at the time of his death. And that, quite frankly, also is, just to be fair and open and honest about it, one of the things the Christian community does is to come and be present with those who have died and their families. But let's not wait for that to be the only occasion where that kind of mercy and love is shown. Let's remember that that's our job today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and you get the drill. You may not be remembered by name, but you are remembered as the one who came to be merciful and loving when needed. And the cool thing is that Christ has shown his love and his mercy to you in the sacrament that you have received so that you can then show that love and mercy to a world, quite frankly, that doesn't even know what that means and is dying to know about it. God give you strength and power as you live continually in his name, serving those who will surprise you and love you in your service. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.